I just returned from two weeks of walking in Spain, and I know a thing or two now about getting lost. My sister-in-law Sandra and I were traveling what's called the Camino, a path famous for hundreds of years as pilgrims have followed it. People of all ages from across the world hike the Camino, and lots of different routes exist, the northern route, the French route, the, the Portuguese way, to name a few. And each Camino leads to the same destination, the cathedral of the city of Santiago, where they say the bones of St. James lay. Now, the route is signposted with little tiles about this big with a picture of a yellow seashell on each one the symbol for St. James. So we would look so carefully on the path for those little yellow tile seashells. Someone, somewhere along the line, helpfully also spray painted big yellow arrows along the sides of walls and buildings and we were grateful for that because every time we saw a little seashell tile or a big yellow spray painted arrow, we knew, whew, we were on the path. But even with shell tiles and big yellow arrows, we'd sometimes lose our way and we'd have to sneakily resort to GPS on our phones, very unpilgrim-like. But we'd get our bearings, and even then, often we would head off in the wrong direction. It's challenging on a hot summer day in Spain when you lose your way. And I just learned that sheep, if a sheep loses its way, it's accidentally separated from the herd, it will sit right down on that spot and bleat incessantly and ear-splittingly until someone comes to save it, until it's found. Have you ever felt that way? Lost and crying out for help. Help me, help me, find me, find me. People react differently to losing their way. Some people, like the sheep, say, help me, help me, find me, find me. Others soldier on with grim determination even though they don't know where they're going. Others still hide their lostness from the world, embarrassed somehow to have lost their way. But each of us knows all the same how it feels to be lost, geographically lost like Sandra and I so often were this summer, emotionally lost, vocationally lost, spiritually lost, lost from grief, loss from having been harmed or harmed, having harmed others. We know how it feels to lose that sense of who we are and even to lose our sense of a connection with God. When that channel vanishes, we can feel so alone in the world. So when you think about it, people are wandering around all the time in various states of lostness. 
That's why I thought the story today about the sheep was so strange because in that story only one sheep gets lost. In real life, that's not true. So many of the sheep would be lost, right? But in telling that story about a shepherd and a lost sheep and then the following story about a woman and a lost coin, Jesus is showing how every single loss matters and how desperately God wants us found. Why else would the, sheep, would the shepherd leave 99 sheep unguarded in the wilderness and go in search of the one who is lost or the woman still having nine coins would turn her house upside down to find the tenth and then in both stories to basically throw a party when the lost is found saying to their friends and neighbors, Rejoice with me, for I have found what was lost. We're told that even heaven rejoices when one who was lost, a sinner, is found. Now Jesus is telling these two stories to, to two different groups. He's, he's talking to the religious elite, that's the scribes and the Pharisees, trying to convince them to stop hating his friends, the tax collectors, and other sinners. And he's also talking to the tax collectors and other sinners, trying to convince them of how bountifully and overflowingly God loves them, no matter what the scribes and Pharisees say. Just as the shepherd searches high and low for one lost sheep, God searches for each one of us when we're lost, especially those of us who are hated by society or forgotten by society. And in Jesus' time, this definitely meant the tax collectors. They were Jews working for the Roman occupiers, demanding sky-high taxes from the poor. And so they were deeply resented. And the other sinners, probably sex workers, were considered sinners and those with physical and mental illnesses, the weak, the poor. And Jesus also knew that, that the Pharisees and the scribes needed saving because they were pouring their energy into looking down on others, also a sin. In other words, each of us needs to hear these stories. Each of us at some point in time is lost each of us needs saving. When you, when you get right down to it, sin, sinning, being a sinner, it means that you have become lost or, or separated from God. It means that you've missed opportunities to imitate Christ and instead you've wandered far away in another direction. And this is painful. It's painful for God and it's painful for us. There's an instrument called a lute. Many of you know the lute. It's like a guitar but with a large rounded body. And in the 14th century, the Persian poet Hafiz wrote, we are like lutes once held by God. Being away from God's warm body fully explains this constant yearning.
We know this feeling. We know this yearning. And for Jesus, gathering, yearning people together around a dinner table, well, that was a way of welcoming them home, welcoming home the lost, reconnecting people with God, with God's warm body. Which brings me to a moment during my weeks of walking in Spain when I felt found. It was the best moment of my journey. Here's the scene. The day started too early, without coffee, groggily. We took a, a boat up a river from Villa de Rosa to Padron, and then walked through the town, past the seafood market with stalls teeming with scallops and clams and fish, down the long shaded town plaza to the very end where the church of Santiago, St. James of Padron sits. And this is the the very spot where, according to holy tradition, James's heartbroken disciples pulled their boat out of the river and carried the body of James ashore as they searched for a place to lay him to rest. A very special church. And rounding that corner, right in front of the church, we, Sandra and I, immediately came upon a cafe. And before we knew what had happened, we met the proprietor of the cafe, Don Pepe. Don Pepe greeted us like long lost children. He's a, a small man, very sweaty from hard work. And he hailed our journey, called for coffee, and here's the surprise grasped my face on both sides and kissed me on the forehead. And then did the exact same thing to Sandra. We reeled a little bit at this unexpected warmth of this greeting and felt utterly blessed, like coming home. Later that afternoon, sitting in Don Pepe's cafe and watching the world go by, we made a remarkable discovery. Everybody got that welcome from Don Pepe. <laughs> Every single time a scruffy, smelly, tired pilgrim rounded that corner at the church and stood for a moment in front of his cafe, he would rush up to greet them as he had rushed up to greet us, grasp their face on both sides, bend their head down and kiss each of them on the forehead, too. And if you missed someone out front, somehow or other he found them anyway. We saw one hiking couple wander into the cafe to place an order and stagger out a few minutes later, one saying to the other, he was a huggy fellow, wasn't he? <laughs> they did not know quite what happened to them, but it happened to them all the same. Here's something more. You probably know that hours are so different in Spain than here in the United States. Basically, everything closes in the middle of the day so that people can go and take an afternoon nap and then reopens later in the afternoon. Dinner starts super late and goes well into the wee hours, and then people sleep in the following day. But not Don Pepe. He ignores this tradition. He opens his at cafe at the unheard of hour of 5 a.m. and stays open well past midnight, no siesta in between. He scarcely sleeps. 
Why? I don't think he wants to miss one single one of us because he can't know, can he, who might be lost and really, truly, deeply in need of one of, one of those kisses, that, that blessing of his. So he kisses and blesses everyone, whether we need it or not. And who doesn't need it? Don Pepe kissing Camino pilgrims seems to me a beautiful expression of the extravagant love and care that God has for each of us and how God wants to find us so that we can set down, how we can relinquish whatever it is that's been keeping us from God, whatever sin has separated us from that warm body. And God wants instead for us to come alive. Remember that at the end of each of the parables today, Jesus tells his listeners, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents, one lost person allowing himself to be found, and every one matters. Now I know you may be thinking that all of this kissing is not a very sensible idea during a global pandemic. Still, wouldn't it be wonderful if Don Pepe opened a branch cafe right out there at the corner of Wilshire and St. Andrews so that everyone passing, everyone who rounded that corner experienced the same all-encompassing hero's welcome. Well, in a way, he has. At this Camino stop here, St. James in the city, we offer lovely meals in the courtyard and in the parking lot, clothes, showers for weary travelers, we house AA meetings, saving lives, one cup of coffee and one conversation at a time. And we gather together just like this every week. Sure, sometimes we waste our time gossiping and complaining. But at our best, we bless each other. We may not always know who is suffering, who is yearning, who is lost. So, like Don Pepe, we better try not to miss a single sheep. Jesus wants to welcome us and sit us down at a table with, with fanfare and food so that we feel the truth. We matter very much to God and God wants us not lost, but found. Amen.